that for you. Uh, I hope that you're not experiencing too much trouble or hardship in your life. But I wonder, I wonder when I look at Scripture, when I look at Jesus' life, when I look at the life of the disciples and the people of faith throughout history, I wonder if Jesus were, if he were writing us today, if he were texting us, would he say the same thing? Here's the challenging thought I have for us today as we look at the topic of overcoming anxiety. It's that Jesus doesn't intend for our lives to be easy or trouble-free or simply to go well. That was never his goal for us. That's not why he came. He came to live among us and to die on the cross because he wants something better for us. He wants something more lasting. He wants, to find, he wants us to find strength and peace in him and not our circumstances. See, being an overcomer means living with strength and peace. When? Well, if you, if you picture uh, the backdrop, right, the backdrop that we have in the outdoor service um, is not fully here on this backdrop, but when you think of the banner that we have put up at church, it's living with strength and peace during turbulent times when life doesn't go the way you expect or the way you hoped it would now it's already been brought up this morning and I, you know it, it bears uh, repeating but uh, you know let me say a word about uh, the, about the elections wow <laughs> that's my word <laughs> i know that for many of you right these past days and weeks have been an emotional roller coaster. It really, because of the elections, depending on how you voted, you probably experienced, like JR said, feelings of joy, feelings of elation, of relief, or you felt disappointment, you know, frustration, uh, dismay. You know, and during this whole course, you, you may have felt both. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's totally understandable. But there's a larger context for us as believers. You know, in the Old Testament, the Israelites, they had good kings and bad kings, right? They were under godly rule and evil pagan regimes that oppressed them. But regardless of who was in charge, God always expected the same, same things from them. He expected the same things from his followers. He expected them to have wholehearted devotion for him and unity among the people. That's what he expected in good times and bad. See, overcoming, overcoming is not being strong when everything is going well. We are overcomers because life is challenging, life is difficult, and God didn't die on the cross to take away all our problems, but he is making us more and more like him. So this morning, I, I've entitled this message, Pursuing Peace. Okay, we want to be overcomers of worry and anxiety in our lives that threaten our peace. And the obvious question is, is this possible? Is this possible in our world today? We all deal with what we might call normal stress, the worries of home, family, work, finances, relationships, right? Things we all deal with. Then at different points in life, 
we may face specific trials and hardships, money worries, job loss, family conflict, health concerns. Then we layer on things like the political environment right, or the economy or social concerns, public safety or this pandemic that we're in. And it, and it all weighs on us. It all presses down on us. Do you worry about a lot of things? Is it hard for you to control your anxiety? Does your worry cause physical symptoms or impact your ability to function at home or at school? You know, I've never, I've never thought of myself as an overly anxious person, uh, like not prone to, to worrying um, a lot. But there have been absolutely been times in the past days, in the past months, in the past years, where I would answer yes to all of these questions. Where my mind is filled with concerns that I can't shake, where my stomach turns, um, where my sleep is not restful, right? Have you had that, that feeling? See, worry and anxiety is real. It's palpable. It affects us. And as Christians, we can't just say, trust in the Lord, and expect that all our worries will go away. According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, disorders of anxiety disorders affect over 40 million adults in the US. And to me, that sounds actually kind of low from just you know, seeing people and knowing, knowing people. And rates are rising across all age groups, including children and teens. So I, I think it's especially sad that our children can't grow up without excessive anxiety. We are an anxious people. I would venture to guess that many of you watching this right now, putting your hearts before the Lord in service, are, are, you know, are anxious about something in your life. So as believers, how can we fight this trend? Is it possible to find peace in this life? And what does God's word say? Let me approach this by asking three questions. Three questions. One, who are you following? Two, how are you praying? And three, how are you living? Last week, Pastor Corey preached from John chapter 17, and he explained that in this part of scripture, Jesus was giving his disciples final instructions before he would be taken away. And so they were very important words that he wanted to leave with them. Jesus knew that when he would be arrested and crucified, that his disciples would experience fear and anxiety. But in John 14, he begins by saying, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. See, Jesus is saying, that when trouble comes, fellas, don't worry. Believe in me. Follow me. Now, we tend to follow many things in our lives. Right? We, we all juggle multiple priorities. And I get it. Life is complicated. There are things we need, like food and money and clothing and shelter. But in this comfort-driven society that we live in, 
some of the things we worry about, they aren't really needs, if we're honest. I think they're wants, they're luxuries. Instead of food, clothing, and transportation, we worry about having the best of those things. We worry about having more than we need. Take technology, for example. You know, we used to get by with, I don't know, whatever we had, right, <laughs> with technology. But now, if you don't have the, the best network in your home, if you don't have the best system in the office, if you don't have the best iPhone on you, we feel deprived. And you may say, oh, that's, you know, that, yeah, that's a small thing. But these are some of the things we worry about. Pastor Andy, Andy Stanley says that we are most anxious about the things we care about the most. The things we care about the most are what causes us the most worry. So pretty, pretty obvious, right? But instead of trying to alleviate our anxieties about some of these things, sometimes I think God wants us to change what we care about most. In Matthew 6.25, Jesus says to his followers, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food? and the body more than clothes. Then skipping down to verse 31, he says it again. He says, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Now Jesus isn't saying that we should run around hungry and thirsty and naked. But he's saying that these are the kinds of things that the pagans run after excessively. Or in other words, these are the things that the world follows. And it creates an endless cycle of worry and anxiety that we don't have as much as we want or we're not keeping up with everybody else. See, for many of us, if you really want to decrease worry and anxiety in your life, simplifying, decluttering, minimizing would be a good start. Because then you would be able to focus on what's most important. And for us, that's seeking Christ first in our lives, isn't it? But you say, Pastor, I can't do without having a laptop, a tablet, and an iPhone. I can't do without having a home theater system. I can't not have a third car or make more money. And so again, I ask, who are you following? What are you following? Back in John 15, Jesus warns his disciples about the prince of this world. Sounds like a good name, right? But the prince of this world is Satan. See, Satan would love nothing more, to, more than to have us buy into the world system and worry about not keeping up with the Joneses. You know, I've known many people throughout the years who seem to love the Lord. They were at church, or they were at church camp, you know, or they were in Bible study or in our fellowship, and they, they seem to love the Lord. But because they were constantly overwhelmed by the things of this world, they were useless in the kingdom of God. Jesus says in John 14, 27, 
Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Who we follow, the prince of this world or the prince of peace, will determine in large part how much we worry. Second question, how are you praying? See, when we're worried about things, we pray, right? We ask for people to pray for us and we shoot up our request to God. But do you ever pray, and, and be honest, do you ever pray and feel like it didn't help? Not that things didn't work out the way you wanted them to, but you didn't feel any better. You didn't feel a sense of peace. Maybe you even felt worse after praying. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, many of us have committed these verses to memory. These are words of scripture we depend on. So, what happened? Where's the peace? First, let me say that it is good to go to God in prayer. That's the best thing you can do. But sometimes I think we don't go far enough. I don't think we go far enough. When we're anxious or when we're worried, we have the tendency to make prayer solely about our requests. Lord, help me with this. Lord, please do that. Please work this out. Right? I, I can hear the words myself. I, I, I say them myself. But what is prayer? David Jeremiah, Pastor David Jeremiah writes, Real prayer is a lifestyle of love for the Lord. Rushing into his presence with our list of needs without pausing to truly focus on him can depress us more than if we haven't prayed at all. And why is that? Because we're focused on more on our problems than we are on God. And maybe we misunderstand Paul's words here in Philippians. See, peace doesn't come from just verbalizing requests to God. It comes from turning to him, being in his presence, allowing him to minister to us, and then talking to him about what we're going through. Now I know, I, I, I know that when you're worried and anxious, sitting still or being quiet, it, it's almost the last thing we think of doing. Right? It is really, really difficult. Sometimes then, I would say, you may want to call a brother or a sister to sit with you, to help you, to reassure you, and to pray with you. See, remember, prayer is communion with our Heavenly Father. It's the intimacy with God that produces peace. Sometimes it's silence and solitude that we need to calm our fears. It reminds me of the prophet Elijah, who was anxious and depressed. In 1 Kings 19, we read that he was afraid for his life. And we find that he was all alone. In 1 Kings 19, he's hiding in a cave. Right? He's afraid for his life. He feels all alone. Um, and he's depressed. And it says that the Lord comes to him. 
And it says there was a great wind and a great earthquake and a fire. But it says that the Lord was not in those things. And then he spoke to Elijah in a gentle whisper. And it was through this still small voice that Elijah found strength and encouragement. In order to find true peace, we need to spend time in God's presence. And I know some of you are really good at this. You, 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 you do a great job and you stay close to the Lord this way. But for some of us, how we pray may determine whether we find the peace that transcends understanding. So who are you following? How are you praying? The last question, how are you living? In John 15, 5, Jesus said to his disciples, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. See, when I think about how we live our daily lives, one of my first thoughts is, are you tethered to Jesus? Are you staying connected to him? Because if we're not, especially when it comes to fear and anxiety, we're fighting an uphill battle. There's just, there's just too much in the world to worry about. He is the vine, and we are the branches. He is our root. Right? This is how we remain spiritually and emotionally nourished. In the same way that a branch starts to wither when it becomes disconnected, Right? Extreme worry and anxiety may be a sign that we haven't been spending enough time in his presence, in worship, in his word. A great encouragement in these chapters, though, to us is that Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. If you look in, G in John 14, 15, 16, he promises us the Holy Spirit. He calls him the Advocate. In difficult times, I believe the Holy Spirit will prompt us. He will convict us. And if we will listen, he will draw us back to the Lord. The Holy Spirit seeks to produce the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, of which peace is one of them. How are you living? God wants you to stay tethered to him, but he also wants you to take things one day at a time. One day at a time. You say, where do I get this? In Matthew 6, after Jesus says to seek first his kingdom, he says in verse 34, he says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. See, part of being able to overcome anxiety in our lives is learning to live one day at a time. Now, living for the moment is usually seen as a bad thing, right? It's being spontaneous. It's not being thought through. Um, but there is some truth to being present in the moment and to living one day at a time. Jesus says, therefore, in this verse, right? When it's all said and done, he says, do not worry about tomorrow. That's, that's what he says, because that's where most of our anxieties lie. Think about it. Aren't most of the things that we worry about future events? What's coming up? What's going to happen on Monday at work? 
right? We worry about our retirement accounts. We worry about the next step in our careers. We worry about our children's futures. We worry about where the country is headed. All important things. But Jesus in this verse, he says, stop. He says, take a breath. Right? And he says, look at me. In the Lord's Prayer, we're taught to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Not tomorrow's bread, not the next day's. We ask for trust in the Lord today. Give us this day our daily bread. David Jeremiah writes, anxiety about the future makes us more anxious in the present. Now, the Bible doesn't condemn planning, thinking ahead, right? In fact, it commends it. But there's a prudence to taking things one day at a time. Not trying to bear the weight of our entire future today. And I think this is relevant. It's really relevant for our world today. I think it goes hand in hand with Jesus' instruction to simplify to avoid getting caught up in the ways of the world, to slow down, and to seek first his kingdom. So to combat anxiety, let's check ourselves, right? Who are we following? How are we praying? And how are we living? Finally, Jesus says in John 16, 33, and I'm going to wrap up here. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. See, more than everything going well in our lives, I think if Jesus were to text us today, if he were to message you, I think he would wish you peace. Peace that comes from following him, forsaking the world's values, spending time in his presence, and taking it one day at a time. Then we will live as overcomers. In the end, beloved, true peace only comes through Christ, only through the Prince of Peace. Many years ago, St. Augustine said this, and I'll close on this, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our, hearts, our heart is restless, until it finds its rest in thee. All right, let's pray. Lord, I just want to lift up to you, Lord, all those that are, that are really suffering from worry and anxiety, and, and that may be many of us, Lord. Um, we know it is real in our lives, but you are real, and you have overcome this world. And I pray, Lord, that we would come to you to sit in your presence and find our rest in you. Lord, I pray that you would just help us each day to take things one, uh, one step at a time, one day at a time, and that we would seek you first in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.